0: everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Strange Matters podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss everything that is mysterious, bizarre, and unexplained. I am Sean, and I am joined by my fellow co-host, Eric. What's up, everybody? In this episode, we will be discussing the story of what is called one of the most haunted houses in the United States. It is a spooky tale that started over a century ago, and is a place where numerous people have claimed... Paranormal activity over the decades. This is the story of the Summer Wind Haunting. And for this episode, we'd like to thank our listener, Greg, for writing in
1: and sharing the suggestion to us. Thanks, Greg. So, to start off with a little history, the mansion has been called an abandoned hotbed of demonic possession. And though it was initially built as nothing more than a simple fishing lodge where you could rent the building, and go out fishing on the lake for about $10 a night, is rumored to have been haunted before anyone had a chance to even live in the structure. It was the first mansion in the area to actually use running water and electricity to power lights.
0: So, quick history, the first kind of strange things that started to happen started occurring when the mansion of Summerwind was purchased in 1916 by a man named Robert Lamont. Located in the northeast area of Wisconsin, it would serve as a summer house for his family. So, Though the majority of unexplained phenomena would come later, the origins of the legend of the house would actually start all the way back with Robert Lamont.
1: So up until Robert's first encounter... The maids and servants in the structure had been trying to tell him that the house was haunted. However, he usually just brushed it aside and didn't really put any stock in what the servants were telling him. They and the Lamont family would, over the course of about 15 years, encounter an array of paranormal experiences, however, um, while they lived there. But it wasn't until the mid-1930s when they finally encountered something that would ultimately drive them from their home permanently. so I'm kind of wondering,
0: so all this kind of happened uh, early on when they first bought it. As you mentioned, it was like the first mansion or the first kind of house in the area that had running water or electricity. I'm just kind of thinking if the people aren't really used to living in a house that maybe some of the weird noises that they were hearing were just kind of initially just, you know, the pipes or electricity or something.
1: Yeah. I think that's a pretty reasonable explanation and probably what Robert was thinking initially. Um, you know, this is the first house with all these, this new kind of technology at the time, running water, plumbing, pipes, electrical wiring and stuff like that. And he's just sort of thinking it's nothing really to be concerned about. And so, over a period of time, they would kind of notice some different sounds and different things being moved around, um, but it was nothing really enough at the time to convince him that it was haunted.
0: Right, but of course, eventually, something big would happen to him. So, according to the story of the Monts, Robert and his wife were sitting at the kitchen table, and they were about to eat breakfast, and all of a sudden, they started hearing a noise coming from the basement. So as the pair looked over, they saw that the door that led into the basement began to shake very violently to the point where they thought it would actually just fly off its hinges. So to their complete shock, the door began to open, seemingly all by itself. And what comes next is where the legend of Summerwind began, as Robert would claim that he would see a ghostly figure appear right in front of them, as if he had come up from the basement. I don't know
1: what I would have done if I was Robert. Yeah, so this wasn't just any figure that came out of the basement, but it was just kind of your stereotypical terrifying tall, white, pale white woman with long flowing black hair coming out of the basement and approaching them, and he he reported that he could actually see right through this apparition or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, so kind of just get an image of that uh girl or young lady from the, the ring or something. Some kind of weird ghostly figure with just black hair. So Robert, however, was not the type of man to back down from anything, even if that something was an underworldly spirit figure. So as with any good American, Robert was armed at the time, so he quickly drew his pistol and fired two shots at the ghostly intruder. However, his shot simply fired right through whatever it was and hit the basement door right behind it. So after this, the unexplained sighting would basically just disappear as quickly as it had appeared in the first place. And the Lamonts basically had no explanation for what had just happened.
1: I can imagine them kind of as this apparition comes out of the basement, just kind of sitting there eating their meal completely dumbfounded. unfortunately fortunately, Robert had the wherewithal to stand up and fire a couple shots at it. And even though it didn't really seem to have any physical effect on the ghost, it was enough to make it turn around and go back into the basement. And the interesting part is that up until the 80s, before the house began to deteriorate, you could actually go into the house and actually see where the bullet holes were still in the door from where they had passed through the the figure.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty cool. We actually have, up until the 80s, you still had that kind of physical image of the bullet holes uh, where Robert had shot from. And, I mean, I gotta I got give him credit. He's pretty quick on the draw there to pull a gun on some kind of ghostly figure. I probably just would have frozen in place and waited to, to die or something if I'd been in this place. <laughs> so, good on
1: him. Maybe even almost a little too quick because apparently the house was full of like servants and people like that. So he probably could have hurt somebody pretty badly if he hadn't been careful.
0: Yeah. could Maybe it was just a maid who was taking a nap in the basement or something. <laughs> anyway, so whatever the apparition was that appeared to the Monts. You know, if it was a ghost or a spirit or just a trick of the mind was unknown for a long time. So for many decades later on that would follow, this experience would seem to be the only real oddity about the house beyond, as we talked about earlier, the kind of the unexplained noises and stuff that they would hear from time to time. However, many years later, more and more strange events and stories would start to begin and it would all be associated with this same mansion. So I have a few thoughts on the the first case of this unexplained activity at the house involving Robert Lamont. So one can make the claim that Robert and his wife merely just saw some kind of optical illusion or unexpected, you know, shadow or trick of the light that made them think that something was appearing right in front of them. But I mean, that wouldn't really explain all the noises that they heard in the basement or the fact that the door was shaking you know immediately preceding the figure from appearing and also it would have to be one hell of an illusion to make a grown man surprised enough to draw a pistol and fire two shots inside his own house you know that's not something that just anyone would do over something that wasn't significant and it wasn't like robert was a nut job or anything he was a pretty professional man with good standing and would actually go on to serve as secretary of commerce so you have to consider that a man of his stature really probably wouldn't risk his reputation making up a story about it being spooked by a ghost that he would fire a gun at it so i mean it seems like he really did have some conviction that what he saw was something strange and unexplained and it happened right inside his wisconsin home
1: Yeah, my only potential explanation, because this really seems to be a pretty legitimate claim here, but I think a possible explanation could be that there was some sort of altercation between either Robert or Robert and his wife and one of their servants. And, you know, one thing led to another, a couple shots were fired, and. In order to keep it a secret from either neighbors or the rest of the servants and maids in the house, he just played on their fears about it being haunted, and he said, oh, there was a ghost, and so I shot at it, and the ghost ran back into the basement. When in reality, he had been you know, in some sort of altercation or affair with one of the, the maids or something like that. But, you know, ultimately, any sort of strange ghost encounter could really be chalked up to some sort of illusion. But, you know, the fact is that they had lived in this house for 15 years and all of the other lesser encounters hadn't been enough to drive them from their residence. Um, This just sort of adds to the credibility of the story. And as Sean mentioned, he was a political figure and would have would have little to gain and much to lose from making these sort of unusual claims.
0: Yes, I mean, as you said, if he actually was, like, threatening someone or accidentally fired his gun, I'm pretty sure anyone would be able to come up with a better excuse than, you know, the house was shaking and then a ghost appeared,
1: so... Yeah, but at the same time, he could be kind of playing on their fears because all these... You know, servants, I imagine, at the time, they probably have a, a this a rich history in this sort of folklore and, and beliefs. So it, it could probably be pretty easy to take advantage of their mindset.
0: That's true. Kind of be said, after Robert Lamont, not too much happened. Um, after Lamont sold a home, nothing particularly strange happened for several decades up until the 1970s when the Henshaw family bought and moved into the home. So Arnold Henshaw and his wife, Ginger would move into the mansion along with their six children. So the large family would only actually stay in the house for about six months before quickly leaving, much in part due to the strange things that we are about to talk
1: about. The Henshaws actually had pretty high hopes for the property, they planned to turn the old mansion into sort of their dream home, but their dreams quickly turned to nightmares um, as they had a lot of renovators who would come do work on the site, but most of them would leave only partway through some of their jobs due to some of these strange circumstances. So some of some examples of weird things that would happen was that like tools would go missing, strange electrical activity would occur, and all this sort of stuff would drive the workers away. There were also a ton of, like, shadow figures that would be reported by the workers, flickering lights, voices from within the building that didn't seem to have an origin, and all these things would occur regularly while the Hinshaws were living there. Some people even reported that windows would open and close on their own so they actually had to be nailed down and one day the Hinshaws were working and they actually located a small crawl space in the walls behind a dresser and since it was so small they sent their young daughter in to investigate and see if she could find anything in it and she went in and a few moments later she came out screaming in terror and claiming that she had seen a corpse inside with black hair dangling from its head. This, uh, this must
0: have been absolutely terrifying for the kid, but at the same time it's kind of amusing to me that they, they've been living in this house for several months, all this weird stuff is going on, and then they discover <laughs> this kind of weird crawl space, and <laughs> then Arnold can't fit in there, so he sends his young like 10-year-old daughter in there like a flashlight and then she stumbles across a, a human body that's i yeah. mean that's it's something like straight out of a tv show so
1: yeah those were my thoughts exactly at least tie a rope around her ankles so you can yank her out <laughs> yank her dead body out after she gets eaten by whatever's in there so years later when other people went back into to the mansion to investigate this crawl space that they'd heard a heard a lot about um they went in to look crawlspace for themselves, and the corpse had actually disappeared, or whether it was never even there to begin with. However, you know, the the bottom line with this story is that it was such a, a weird occurrence that the family actually never reported it to the police, and so there's not really any solid evidence that this claim was true. After a period of a few months, the strange occurrences started to take its toll on the Henshaws. Arnold was known to play his organ at late hours of the night, and when asked why he was doing it, he would say that if he didn't play the organ, that the spirits would get angry at him. As time went on, Arnold would eventually go sort of crazy, and his wife is said to have tried to commit suicide. And as Sean stated earlier, the house would be abandoned just six months after the project had started.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, once again, we have these very strange occurrences, almost like poltergeist like activity where you have these, you know, objects being moved, you know, doors, windows, just opening on their own. They're hearing voices. They're seeing shadowy figures darting about at night. One thing you do have to worry about just because of, as we said, after six months they had move out, Ginger would try to attempt suicide. Arnold was having like a mental breakdown You do have to wonder if I see like two possibilities, either they moved into the house and all this stuff drove them to the point where they were just mentally collapsing or, you know, they already had enough issues or problems and that kind of just came to a climax while they lived here. So like a lot of these things were just kind of their own paranoia or just playing in their minds. It wasn't actually happening. So eventually, as we said, the Henshaws would leave and another owner would come and buy the house by the name of Raymond Bobber. So he was actually the man who would term the house as Summerwind, the name commonly associated with it, while most of the locals just refer to it as Lamont's Mansion after its original owner of Robert Lamont. So Raymond would write a book under a pen name detailing the haunting and paranormal experiences that happened at Summerwind. According to Raymond, along with the paranormal experiences that the former owners had experienced, the house also would do things that seemingly defied physics. Raymond claimed that during his time as owner, the house would change shapes and dimensions seemingly at random times. He said that walls would shift around to form new rooms, and that the house somehow had more area inside than would be possible given the outer dimensions. So this aspect is personally one of my favorite parts of the story of Summerwind, as it makes it like the house itself has some type of supernatural power all of its own, and it's not just filled with the usual types of spirit or poltergeist-type entities. It also reminds me of a book that I read called House of Leaves, which is one of the most confusing and difficult books I've ever read, both in terms of following the story and physically reading the book. So to put it simply, House of Leaves is about a home that defies physics by being slightly larger on the inside than the outside, along with rooms changing and doors appearing overnight and a bunch of other weird stuff. So I always thought the idea was really cool and terrifying at the same time, so when I started researching that Raymond's claims of the Summerwind mansion kind of doing the same thing. It really drew me in.
1: Yeah, this definitely steps outside the usual paranormal experience and kind of puts you into some sort of alice in wonderland type scenario so it, it's it's interesting because it kind of steps outside of the usual ghosts and orbs and apparitions and stuff like that um, but it's still kind of terrifying to think if you're actually in that house to think that you're inside a structure that has a it s- seems kind of like it has a soul or a personality in some ways yeah So Bobber actually never lived in the mansion because he hoped to turn it into a bed and breakfast. And some of the claims about the measurements and dimensions being wrong actually came from professional carpenters and who were going in there with tape measures and would cut lumber and come back in and it would no longer fit the cuts that they had made. So not only this, but other workers would come to the property, start working, and then run away without any sort of explanation or, or further word to to bobber to speak further about the changing shape of the house some future owners of the property in the 80s were approaching Summerwind when they both noticed the house sort of breathing and it seemed like it was expanding and contracting as they both looked at each other and then turned around and walked away as quickly as they could so though raymond bobber is kind of the
0: first to write about as we're talking about like the house itself changing its physical shapes it kind of makes sense if you go back and look at the other stories because we had the with the Henshaws as you said like the the windows would open and close at will they had doors opening and closing so you know obviously you'd have things going on in the house moving where they shouldn't be moving and then going all the way back to the Lamonts of course they had the weird noises and stuff going on so it is kind of consistent that Something weird is going on in that house, almost like it is somehow physically moving on its own free will. Even though, of course, that's physically impossible. So this story is kind of seen in each of the major uh, experiences of the owners who live there. Now, of course, such a thing is realistically impossible as inanimate objects like a house... You know, they can't really move on their own. And it's simple geometry that the inside area dimensions of a set shape cannot exceed the outer dimensions. So Raymond's story is probably the hardest to believe out of all the tales about Summer Wind.
1: So that's true, but that's following very basic laws of geometry. You know, even with things like quantum physics outside of our basic understanding of physics that we witness every single day. So some of the laws of geometry have been around a long time, like since the times of Aristotle and Archimedes and stuff like that, some of these basic laws of physics. And sometimes when we consider, like, extra dimensions and stuff like that, these laws can be broken pretty easily. And For example, quantum physics, all the... Basic laws of chemistry and physics don't apply on a quantum level. So that's just sort of an example.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the kind of example that they have where you can tap your finger against a desk. And for quantum physics, there's always a small, very, very small possibility that your finger will just pass right through it. Exactly. Um, so I guess you could say that somehow this mansion is and some kind of weird Vortex or something that either the house itself or just the energy or something is actually making it so it can physically do things that it shouldn't be
1: able to. Yeah. And if you think of like the 10th dimension, so like all our time and space is described in three spatial dimensions and one time dimension. Um, So when you get up into like the 5th, 6th, 7th, and all the way up into the 10th dimension, the gravity of it kind of collapses in on itself, and it's much smaller than what we perceive in our own spatial dimensions, so it can't even be detected by us. So it's just like all these things sort of don't apply when you step outside of our understanding of spatial dimensions. Right. So we're saying that there's a
0: chance that this house was moving or something. I guess it is possible. I guess. Not likely, but yeah. So, I mean, there could be other explanations. Kind of as we mentioned before, perhaps the stress of living at a place with a mysterious reputation. And got Raymond Bobber confused or he was kind of having a mental breakdown, kind of like the Henshaws were while living there that made him see things differently than how they really were, or you know, maybe even a gas leak or anything that caused him to hallucinate the entire thing. So, I mean, there are countless explanations, whether realistic or kind of far fetched that you could try to come up with to explain his
1: experience
0: while living in the Summerwind mansions.
1: I will point out though, that all these different kind of occurrences don't really seem to line up. I mean, we have this, apparition this female ghost that shows up and then we have the changing of the dimensions which is something that's like a little bit more sci-fi but it doesn't really fit the ghost profile so Mm -hmm. i don't really know what's going on with this i think uh it it makes bobber's accounts a little bit less credible to me yeah
0: yeah so Unlike a number of haunted locations that we've talked about on this podcast, this is one that unfortunately can't benefit from a more modern investigation. The mansion itself would actually end up burning down in 1985 after it had stayed vacant and run down for quite a few years. So it was suspected that the house was struck by lightning, as several neighbors stated that they were awoken at the sound of a loud lightning strike. However, fire officials also mentioned that the vacant house had been used as a party site kind of for the local teens, and they said it was possible that a fire was left burning overnight from a party, which eventually caused a destruction. So in any case, Summerwind or Lamont's Mansion exists now as nothing more than just a site of ruins. So several fractions of walls remain, and you can see the foundations, but that's really all that remains from the house that
1: once stood there. Yeah, that's true. Although even just the site itself has become a pretty popular area for paranormal investigators. And though, as you said, the house does lay in ruins, many claim that the property itself is still up to some of its old tricks. Right. And that might kind of play
0: into the fact where, as you kind of said, there wasn't too much consistency between the stories. But if it was just something with the land itself, maybe it kind of played into whoever mind was living there at the time. So it kind of, you know, was tailor-made strange experiences depending on who happened to be living there at the time. So the big question, of course, with any case of paranormal sightings and activity is how legitimate are the claims themselves? So one major detraction from the Summerwind House haunting is that many of the stories and events that we no, come from Raymond Bobber as the sole source so kind of as Eric said before several neighbors have come forth and said that Raymond himself never actually lived in the house he stayed in a trailer on the land for a short period before he left also and locals have said that the legends of Summerwind didn't really start until Raymond's book was published and also while several of the residents apparently did have these unexplained phenomena occur that we've talked about. So you had the Lamonts, the Henshaws, and then Raymond Bobber. There were several other owners who lived in the mansion. And then two of the former residents have come forth and said that nothing at
1: all out of the ordinary happened while they lived there. And that's kind of hard for any reasonable person to argue with. Ultimately, most people's arguments towards the paranormal is that it's either an exaggeration or a complete lie. But it's kind of like, where's the fun in that? Also, ultimately, the horror begins with a very reputable source here. Um, So Robert Lamont himself. And just because future claim came from a single source doesn't necessarily make them false, necessarily. That's true. And then, I mean,
0: you do have these time periods in between these experiences. So you had Lamont, what, like in the 30s, um, and then there's several decades, and then you had the Henshaws, and then you had a couple of years, and then you had Raymond Bobber. So, and then you had these people in between who were also living there, who nothing happened. So kind of as we said that the house itself didn't have this reputation until after Raymond Bobber wrote his book. So, there really isn't that much explanation of, besides if it's just a whole big coincidence that you have three different people living in a house that all had these strange, unexplained
1: experiences that happened. So, perhaps there is a connection there. So, that wraps up this episode of the Strange Matters podcast. If you have any thoughts on the famous Summer Wind Mansion or Robert Lamont, please feel free to send us an email at strangematterspodcast at gmail.com, or you can visit our website and leave us a comment there. Strange Matters is made possible by our generous supporters over
0: at patreon.com. For this episode, we'd especially like to thank our newest members, Allison, Mervin, Christy, Erica, and Destiny. And also big thanks to our newest Tier 3 preferred patron of the show, Matthew. If any of the other listeners would like to help support the podcast, you can check out our page, patreon.com slash matters, where you can help us decide on what episodes to focus on and gain access to monthly
1: exclusive bonus episodes. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, suggestions from our listeners. Um, ultimately, it's too many to really Meet everybody's expectations in terms of publishing these episodes. So, if you really want to get your episode done as a Strange Matters episode, becoming a Patreon is kind of a good way to do that. It kind of uh, prioritizes your requests. Yeah, so please check
0: out our page on Patreon if you are interested. And finally, we'd like to ask that if you are listening to us on iTunes, please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us out to hear your feedback and also helps promote the show so we can always reach new listeners. So until the next episode of the Strange Matters podcast, take care, everybody. See ya.